Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Yes, everybody, welcome. I'm Dr. Pat. I am joined today by Megan Edge, playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge, Radical Change with Ease. Today, we're talking about on the edge of ego and spirit. Um, Megan, let's start a little bit differently. I, I want to take a look at, if we could for a minute, you know, you are out in the world, healer, you train other people to be healers, uh, speaker, author, radio show host. And I wanted to ask you about in your journey, as you look forward and as you look back, you know, what can we say about the concept of ego and I, and what did you learn about this from the potholes that perhaps you and I may have stepped in along the way? <laughs> well, that's a, it's a great question, Pat. Um, and what a perfect place to start. When I first started studying metaphysics and alternative medicine, alternative healing, just the alternative energies of the world around us, I, I kept coming up against this wall that people were referring to as ego. And there was a lot of discussion that I was reading in a lot of very well-known authors talking about the evils of our ego. And I found that every time I came up uh, to that description of ego, there was something inside of me that that balked at that, where I felt like we weren't quite understanding the, the concept of ego and that by making a part of ourselves wrong, we were actually getting in the way of being a whole human being, right? So going through university, for example, I remember, uh, and even high school, a lot of terms that people use, you know, they, they're so in their ego or he's so egotistical. And, and it was meant to suggest that somebody was really full of themselves, really felt themselves to be better than others. And I, and I would see that side of it and think, but that's not actually what ego means. At least it doesn't mean that to me. And so I kept, I kept coming up against these walls of meaning and trying to find language that could express what it was that was that where I was feeling unsettled or uncomfortable with the way in which our culture was understanding Freud's ideas about the id, the ego, and the superego. And I studied psychology in university. I did my counseling courses and um, my degree in women's studies and in social work. And again, kept coming up against all of these philosophies and teaching around the ego. And it, it wasn't until I started reading the Seth material, actually, which you and I have talked about lots before, where Seth and Jane Roberts start talking about how really all the ego is, is the I. And the I is what defines the personality. To deny the I and make it wrong is actually denying the, the truth and the authenticity of who the individual is. 
And so through the learning that I did around those teachings, I came up with a different idea about what the ego is and how it is that we can understand it and how it is that we can work with it. And, you know, as we're talking about this too, we're talking about on the edge of ego and, and spirit. Yes. So let's kind of take a look at that because we're going to be speaking about that as we move through the show today. Um, but today we're talking in this segment in particular, we're talking about the origins of the I, you know, this, this idea of the I. And I know for a long time, especially in my corporate work, Megan, one of the things that, you know, happens is we went through this, what is it, maybe a decade, maybe two, where you couldn't use the word I. I mean, corporate teams and corporate managers were like, no, don't say I, say we. Mm -hmm. and, and we had an identity crisis because of that, right? You know, if we became, yeah, we messed up. And people are like, no, we didn't mess up, right? Dude, mm -hmm. you messed up. Mm -hmm. So we have this confusion about the origins of the I and how important the I becomes. You know, let's talk about the difference between the ego or the I and how that is related to our journey into a spiritual realm, into that place that we like to think we are. And then every once in a while we say, I want. Yeah. <laughs> as, if it's bad. as if that's a bad thing. Right. As if that's a bad thing. And yet a lot of what modern spirituality, and I think also if you go back far enough, ancient spirituality is trying to teach us to understand is the concept of who we are. I mean, isn't that the whole purpose of the spiritual journey is to find yourself wherever you happen to be in that moment? How can you find yourself if you don't include the I in that journey? And perhaps instead of making the I be something wrong or bad about yourself or hiding behind the I, hiding behind the ego, what if you were to create a spiritual relationship with that aspect of yourself, right? And really bring that into all of your conversations because the, the thing that comes to my mind when I, when, I, when I think about this is if the ego equals the I, then the I equals personal responsibility, right? And in, in part of what I teach my students and my clients is to take personal responsibility for those things in their lives that they can affect those things in their lives that are theirs, that belong to them. And really all that that ever is, is our own response and reaction to the external world around us. That's where our responsibility lies. So while it may be true grammatically that there is no I in team, team is made up of a whole bunch of I's. It's made up of a whole bunch of individuals. And if you're unwilling to speak to the assets that each individual has, speak to their strengths, then I don't think you have a really strong team because everyone on the team is not the same, right? They may be given equal billing or equal status and all of that's grand, but they aren't all the same. They're, they are individuals. And in order to take full responsibility of ourselves, I think we really do have to acknowledge the I within us and then, and then have a healthy relationship with that concept of the I. Yeah, I, maybe I'm a little bit old school, but I grew up with a mom and a stepmom, basically my second mom, I call her, you know, my second mom, um, where we were taught about the I in a very, I'm going to refer to it as a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. And we were taught about the I, but the principles of I am, 
as she was taught in her religious and spiritual beliefs. So out of the get-go as kids, we were taught about the positive power of I am, of talking about that. And so can you imagine me having that background with this woman for a large part of my life and then going into the workplace and being criticized for how many times you say I am, right? So let's talk Mm. about the ego and the association of the ego in a lot of situations where the ego is almost as seriously politically incorrect as the I. And yet you got to beg the question, why the heck were we given one if it's all that bad? Right. And I wonder if in, in that context, if this is the last hurdle, this whole concept of the I and the ego, if this is the last hurdle towards spiritual wholeness is in that accepting of the I as part of the whole package, you know, as above, so below and all of that. Therefore, I am becomes a really powerful statement of acknowledgement to who you are in any given moment. And in fact, when you when you say that, that you've gotten into trouble for saying I am, um, one of the things that I teach, especially my students when we go around in circle when I'm teaching them in person and we're doing our introductions, I will correct them if what I hear them say is my name is, right? So my name is Susan, my name is Pat, my name is Jim. And I, and I say to them, I'd like you to try saying, I am Susan, I am Jim, I am Pat. Because in that moment, there's an energy of ownership of stepping into the energy of who you are. Now, you're not just your name, of course, but that's what we lead with. And so by making that I am statement, you are standing in the validity of who you are and you're bringing that with you into that group energy into that team, into whatever it is, whatever the endeavor is. And can you feel the difference energetically when someone says, I am, or if I, if I were to say, I am Megan versus my name is Megan. Right. 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 And it's a power place. So let me, let me ask you this before we go to break. You work with women. I work with women. I don't know if, it's something that because we work so often with more women than men, it's just not that I'm, I'm, I'm around a lot of men in my sport. So I'm not saying mm. that, mm-hmm. but I'm really now noticing since you and I talked about this show, I'm really noticing that there are differences, right? And yeah. so, since we put this together, I'm just like, okay, a lot of eyes going on over here not so many eyes going on over here. And so let's talk about this in the work that you do and the work that you do with women. Is this a challenge for us? I wonder about that too. And, and since you and I were talking about this program as we were planning it, that's been again, also on the forefront of my mind is looking at the different ways in which young boys and young girls grow up and actualize themselves through this process of identifying themselves as I am and identifying themselves as ego and there is a difference there is a difference i think that young boys and of course we're generalizing here but often young boys are brought up to be active you know actively finding themselves as a young man as a man standing in that authority of the masculine 
whereas many women as young girls are brought up to be conscientious of people around them, that their awareness is about how other people are feeling, so that they are not developing consciously the same sense of I as perhaps their brother is or the other boys in the class are. And I don't know how much of that is conscious. I think at this point in our cultural evolution, a lot of it isn't conscious anymore. It's just something that we do. And maybe it's a different way in which the masculine and the feminine show up in the world. But either way, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if there could be a strengthening of the eye in the way in which young girls are brought up and perhaps an acknowledgement of the we in the way that young boys are brought up. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an interesting experiment. I think so too. We're going to take a short break because what you're talking about, Megan, for those of you just tuning in, you know, this is playing on the edge radio with Megan Edge, Radical Change with Ease. We're talking about on the edge of ego and spirit. And we're opening up the door to look at the origins of the eye and asking ourselves, is there a thing we should be mindful of? What should we be mindful of when we speak? We're going to talk about this when we come back. And we're going to be talking about what is a new relationship and our understanding with the ego all about? And so that leads us to a conversation that goes beyond the words, who am I? But are we willing to even engage in that exploration? Is that something that we're willing to step out and say, how do I define myself? How, do, how much do I know about myself? Am I willing to talk about myself in the word I. Mm. And what do you think when somebody says and talks about themselves, what do they call it? And the third person. I actually had this the other day. Somebody talking to himself and he said, well, Tom thinks, after about, well, five Tom thinks, I said, <laughs> like, aren't you Tom? Said, yeah, 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 Tom. Never said I am Tom. Let's take mm. a short break. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit thekarmicpath.com. 
The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Learn and explore fascinating and practical uses of essential oils, how to use them, and how they can enhance your everyday life. The Oil Lounge was founded by three remarkable women with fascinating stories about how essential oils changed their lives. Tina and Laura from The Karmic Path have joined forces to educate the masses in the benefits of Young Living Essential Oils. For more information, visit theoillounge.com. Are you feeling stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a healthy relationship filled with inspiration? You might just be on the verge, on the verge of attracting your soulmate. Tune in each month to The Laura Richer Show, where dating coach Laura Richer share tools for using your dating breakdown for a relationship breakthrough. For more information, visit richerhealinghypnosis.com. I asked Benny to play that song um, for today's show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is, uh, as we said before, love to do this show. I'm Dr. Pat, and I'm here with Megan Edge, where this is playing on the edge radio, on the edge of ego and spirit. Megan, I want to stop for a minute before we jump into Who Am I? And there was a reason I asked Benny to play that song, that Mm -hmm. version of Eleanor Rigby, Mm -hmm. which aired on The Voice last night. Um, oh, okay. and, and, and it really ties into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how many times I hear that song, it's haunting. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, look, there's a large body of work that you do. You work with people all over the world. There's information I want to make sure people have. Uh, you also have eight power steps to becoming a master manifester. I love that. You get to be an M&M. M&M. You get to be an M&M. That's right. <laughs> Uh, a certified M&M. <laughs> who, that's what I love about it. Who doesn't want to be that? <laughs> right. Um, uh, and then I want to talk about a word. So how can we find out more about you, about your book, about the work you do, about your coaching program, about your speaking? Wow. I like want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Besides, you've got lots going on too. I know you do. <laughs> I know, but you know, I, I'm t- I tell you that we can talk about this when we come back uh, because it's related to this, you, you know, but first, how do we get to your classes? Because this is a fabulous, fabulous program you've got here. I love this program. So this, the eight power steps to becoming a master manifester comes out of the last 12 years of my my work and and a whole lifetime's worth of journeying and spiritual journeying and abundance journeying and and all of that taking myself out of a a way of thinking in poverty without which I didn't even realize I was doing taking responsibility for the I and actually that's part of what we do in this program in the very beginning of the program we look at what are those core wounds that we're carrying around with us that leave us with a a sense of low confidence low self-esteem low self-worth which gets in the way of us actually living the life that we want to live and which is what the manifesting is really all about so these eight steps are steps that i've gone through that i then created into a system that can help other people yeah. 
move through the wounding, move into the sense of themselves as worthy and valuable and deserving of good things happening in their lives, whatever that looks like. And then I take you through various tools and techniques that um, I work with. And what I'm really excited about with this program is it is now online. So before you could only learn this information if you took my Confident Healer course, which is the 10 month intuitive healers intensive course, which is a certification course, or if you happen to catch me at one of my talks and this was the topic. But now I've created it as an online live eight week program. And we start this Thursday. So you've still got time to jump over to my website, which is meganedge.ca, where you'll see all the things that I'm doing uh, and putting out into the world. And you're able to register for the program and join us for the next eight weeks to become a certified M&M master manifester. Well, you know, part of this too is um, this is also helping people with the I am and the I dot, dot, dot. And let's, let's get to that. You know, one of the things that I'm really struck by is that there is this question that people, I've heard this a million times. Who am I? What is my purpose? What am I doing mm-hmm. here? And, and, and I often wonder, is that really what I'm thinking about? I mean, I know Deepak does a great job of that, but is that really what I'm thinking about? And then I remember the thing that I am thinking about is who am I now, right? Mm-hmm. Now? And then who do I want to become? Right. So let's take a look at the ego, how it helps us or how it hinders us, because this is the place where we can identify those wounds. And I know you have a couple of quotes, too, on this that are really important to really zoom in. I do. Uh, so earlier in the program, when I was saying about how I kept coming up against this, this wall of resistance on my part to this idea that the ego was somehow evil. And in fact, what we've really done in our culture is to demonize the ego. We've, it's our scapegoat now. And so here's one of these quotes. I love this one. The ego is the single biggest obstruction to the achievement of anything. Wow, really? You're really going to give the ego that much power and control over you in this psychology that that people are muddling themselves up in? Or here's another one. The ego is the biggest enemy of humans. It almost sounds like the ego is this entity external to ourselves who is pulling the strings and preventing us from being in our total authentic self. What I want people to start doing is changing their relationship with the concept of the ego and instead of demonizing it and really, in a sense, hiding behind it, they're able to acknowledge that the ego is simply a part of their human self. And all that the ego is doing is exactly what you've taught it to do in order to keep you safe and comfortable. Even if you're uncomfortable in that comfortableness, You've given this part of yourself instruction along the way about how to show up in the world, about what is safe and what's not safe, about what chances you can take or not take. And it's a complicated process that creates those instructions, but you can deconstruct those instructions. You can go through a process that I've created where you start having a conversation with this aspect of yourself, not from a place of pushing it down, squashing it away, making it bad, but rather giving it some credit for the job that it's been doing all along. And when I was, I was thinking about how we use egotistical or ego as a bad word to describe someone's behavior that we are uncomfortable with because they're thinking so highly of themselves, 
The next question that I would ask is why are they thinking so highly of themselves? What part of themselves might actually be feeling really small and is overcompensating for that by showing up in this big, what we would consider egotistical way, that there may actually be some pain behind that behavior and that they may not be in right relationship with themselves if they feel like they have to be that, they have to take up that much space in a room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. And one of the things I know about what you mean is that we are, when we talk about ego, we're looking at a, a number of different wounds. We have four major wounds that the ego is associated with. And all everything you do in the body of work you do addresses these. Yes. Right? And so people wonder, what is she talking about wound? I don't feel wounded. You know, what are the wounds? Well, they, we don't call them wounds. We don't say, we don't wake up. Well, I don't. Maybe, maybe you don't either. But we don't wake up and say out of our mouths, I, I don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. We believe it sometimes. Or we don't say, I'm so ashamed, dot, 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 my past, my future, my, I'm sure, right. Mm -hmm. Or we don't say, um, oh my gosh, uh, I, I, I'm just not perfect. I just can't get it right. But here's the thing, we do say it. And, mm -hmm. then, and then really, the last one really is it's the whole idea about dying. You know, it's the idea of death and dying and separation, anxiety, fear. And right now, what we know about that one is we are in, in North America have been pegged in the United States as the highest, one of the highest anxiety countries in mm -hmm. the world. How does that even happen? And so even though we don't walk around saying it, the ego is a very strange bedfella, feller, fella, <laughs> in that it's going to be with us on the journey. How yeah. are you helping people in the body of work you do zoom in on the deeper understanding of the I am? So the process that I help people with and, and how I help them to change their relationship with this concept of the ego is to literally invite them to have a conversation with that part of themselves. They could even give it a name if they want to. It's just an aspect. Let's say my ego's name is Jane. And I could have a conversation with Jane and say to her, I really do appreciate all the work you've done over my whole lifetime in following the instructions I've given you that keeps me in a comfort zone. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that because I think the ego gets a really bad rap. It's just doing its job. So I can say to Jane, thank you. Now, here's the thing, Jane. We're going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to give you new instructions. And in that moment of giving Jane new instructions, I've taken responsibility for how I'm going to show up in the world. I'm no longer hiding behind uh, feelings of not being worthy or worthlessness. I'm no longer hiding behind spirit or hiding behind my ego. I'm actually standing in the eye and saying, we will do this together. And I will tell you how we could try this out and do it differently and give you new instructions. And so I take my clients and my students through this process of basically fundamentally changing their relationship with this aspect of themselves that they've been taught through psychology, through spirituality, through religion is somehow an evil abhorrent part of themselves. 
Yeah. You know, and part of this I want to tap into and get back and, and, and ask you to bring it in. You know, one of the things is you wrote a book called The Heart's Journey. And, you know, when I was looking at that book again and thinking about the show today and thinking about what this journey was like, but also now what you teach people, you know, when you're teaching people that your heart holds all the wisdom you will ever need to love fully as you navigate each of your relationships. And so the ego is a dormant thing if it doesn't have something in relationship to itself, right? Yes. It's, you know, it's, it's like playing a championship sport in your mind mm -hmm. and never actually having somebody in front of you to like play with. But this is really the part of the conversation where your body of work that you do and what we're talking about here today is more than just looking at the who I, but when we come back from break, if we understand this aspect of our nature, then we can decide, just like you said, uh, when to hold them and when to fold them. We're going to take a short break when we come back. A new understanding of who our ego is, a new understanding of how to put it to work for you, and then a new understanding of why healing relationship is at the core essence of what Megan Edge does. Uh, and again, you can go to her web website, meganedge.ca, if you want to go find that book I just mentioned. We'll give you lots more. We'll be right back. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving, even in the face of adversity. Say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. Are you ready to broadcast your brand ideal with the latest in information technology? Bioresonance software distills your brand ideal or intention and enhances your core internal organizing principle. This has a tremendous impact on your organization's alignment as well as the behavior, satisfaction, and the retention of its employees. Your physical business structure can unfurl, opening up the possibilities of creating an energetic presence for a brand even ahead of its launch. Check out JeanetteWolf.com for more on a signature frequency branding. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death? From debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, 
from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Let me tell you, last night, um, I don't know if you watched The Voice or not, last night, they, some of the, I, I actually didn't quite understand, some of the folks were doing Beatles. It was like a Beatles kind of thing, right? Um, and so, you know, one of the things I said to Penny, Penny, pull this version of Eleanor Rigby. Um, because when I think about the song and the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby, right, um, many people uh, say, why would you ever look at that song? Because Eleanor Rigby, that song comes from uh, a Revolver. It comes from the Beatle. Um, but it very specifically, Megan, it gets to what we're talking about today. This is a song that says, oh, look at all the lonely people, right? Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice. I mean, mm. in the church where the wedding. So we're taught the song is a perspective about somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And talking about over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, all the lonely people, where do they come from? And so this segment for us is if you want to know where the lonely people come from, just ask the ego, right? Um, and for those of you tuning in, here's what you should know. MeganEdge.ca, and you'll find her eight power steps to becoming a master manifester. And we're going to talk about the word power. You're also going to find a copy of the book that I, 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 I mentioned. And when you go to the site, you're going to be able to see it right there on the home page uh, and talk about the heart's journey. Uh, there's also healing hearts, oracle cards, a guidebook, all of the above. Because this is more than just a conversation for Megan. This is something, a life lived, lessons learned, and now transferring knowledge and wisdom to others. Today's show and talking about the ego is also a body of work that Megan does to really help understand what the relationship is between the ego and spirit. So let's get into that. May, Megan, we may skip the next break, actually, to really make sure we cover all this. Um, sure. Is there a sense of us actually really finding a new understanding of who our ego is? And, 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 and what might that journey be like? Well, I, yes, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. I know it's possible because I feel like that's what I've done. And the journey, well, what was the second part of the question? <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's really about this idea of understanding, a new understanding of right. ego, who our ego is and what that journey's like, Yeah. right? Because it's one thing to say, yeah, 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 ego, ego. But then it's another thing to step in and say, I'm going to take the journey to fully understand this, mm -hmm. right? Right. So it's, it's a journey towards wholeness in my experience and my estimation. And when I, when we go back to what we were first talking about or what I was saying at the beginning, where the eagle, the eagle equals I, I equals self personal responsibility. The ultimate responsibility that you have 
is to yourself primarily so that you can show up in the world in a state of empowerment. And there's that word power is in there. It's not about power over others. It's about a sense of personal purpose and how we show up in the world to be of service or to, to be support for other people. If we are not in a healthy relationship with the I am aspect of ourselves, how do we show up in any relationship in a healthy way? Right? It has to start with the I. And when I look at the, I look at the letter I, that I've been feeling this since we started the program, the letter I is a straight line and there's a top and there's a bottom. It's the head and it's the feet. And then in the center is the eye. And in the, in the rune stone, which is a form of divination that comes out of Nordic tradition, Isa is the name of the rune stone for, for eye. And it's the rune stone of standstill. When you pull that rune, you're, you're guided to slow down and stop and contemplate your own purpose and contemplate your own sense of self and learn how to hold your own self sacred, which is where I bring in that spiritual idea that when we were talking on break, that ego and spirit are actually the same thing. And I know that that's really radical. I mean, talk about radical change and maybe not with the most ease for some people, but think about it for a moment. Spirit is you, I is you. But what we've done in our culture is we've taken spirit and put it out here and we've taken the ego and we've put it out here and we've made both of them responsible for our behavior. And then we hide behind that. The journey is about stepping out in front of that and owning your I, owning your spirit so that you can step forward with a sense of empowerment. And it's within that sense of empowerment that you can start making changes in the world around you by the way in which you are showing up in the world. You become the mentor, you become the model for a new way of relating to all aspects of the self, which includes the I, the id, the superego, the spirit, the doubting demon, the backpedaler, the inner critic, the joyful. It's, it's that whole package of what it is to be a human being. One of the quotes that I was just looking at that I wanted to share with everybody is actually from Sigmund Freud, who is called the father of psychology. The poor guy, he, <laughs> there's a lot put on him. <laughs> I think he needs one of those bumper stickers like Confucius has. It says, I didn't say that. Right, right. But this quote is, the ego is not master in its own house. Right? I studied Sigmund Freud in university when I was doing my, my psychology and my social work degree. And he never said anything about subjecting the ego. He was simply identifying aspects of the self. And he talks about the healthy relationship between the id, the ego and the superego. And he talks about the unhealthy relationship. And I think for whatever reason, what we've done as a culture is we've pulled out the unhealthy relationship. And that's what we're hanging our hats and our coats on right now. And what he's saying in this quote, the ego is not the master in its own house, is he's saying, don't give the ego more power over than the ego requires. Right? And that comes back to what I was saying earlier about the ego is just doing the job that you taught it how to do to keep you in that human, dare I say, humbleness. We can't be humble unless we know who we are. If we're otherwise, we're just we're being meek, we're kowtowing, we're 
we're, we're not standing in a sense of authority over ourselves. And that, that journey to understanding and finding our own authority is really the, the journey towards I am. And personally, and this is simply personal, I would not ask this of anybody, but if there are pearly gates and when I am standing in front of them and whoever is in charge of the pearly gates says, who are you? I will say, I am me. I am Megan for this lifetime. I am this entity. I will own it for as long as it is how I show up in the world. When we talk about this, and we're talking about Freud, and the other day I, I really talked about, I talked about Jung. One of the things that I, I want to make sure we bridge, and I think it'd be a good idea that we just go ahead and skip this break, because I want to talk about what this leads to now, right? Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about this idea that each of us have an ego, but the ego by itself is a pretty dormant thing. Mm -hmm. The ego starts to do its work only when it starts to either revisit uh, things from our past that have to do with other people, places, or things. Otherwise, the ego by itself is selfless, in essence. Mm -hmm. The minute we interject a situation that involves something other than us, right, there is a question mark around it where we have to take that journey with that thing. Maybe there'll be a wounded part of it. Maybe there wouldn't. But all of this leads us to here we are understanding the ego. But let's talk about for a minute what it means to understand the ego and understand that ego in the context of our divinity, in the context of the divine, in the context of source energy, God, whatever you call it. Right. So there's there's a place where possibly modern. Um, sorry, there's something binging on my computer screen. I'm just going to take care of that. Got to be God uh, talking. Yeah. Modern uh, where modern spirituality is doing this really beautiful thing in that it is examining or leaving room to examine the nature of the human being instead of making the human being less than and always having to try to strive and achieve to be more than, but with this concept that they could never be as much as. <laughs> that could be right. a meme. That could be a meme right there. Really <laughs> so so there, there's this, this branch of, of modern spirituality, of modern metaphysics, that's looking at the physical body as a vehicle for the spirit and the soul to journey through the human experience. So the identification with the I becomes in that context, the ultimate divinity, the ultimate acknowledgement of whatever source is out there that is helping us on this journey or has put us here for whatever reason. I mean, whatever your belief structure is around that, we have to be the best of ourselves that we can be in order to most honor that divinity. To make ourselves less than is not honoring that divinity. It's not honoring the spirit. So really, again, the ego being the I and spirit being the divinity, it seems to me like the journey is to uniting the two of them in order to create that wholeness as the ultimate acknowledgement of the divine. Mm. 
you know, one of the things that I think we should mention here as we're talking about this, there's a conscious and a subconscious aspect to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I love is the new contemporary dialogue that really starts to talk about conscious, subconscious, and psycho. Uh, psycho, did I say psycho? <laughs> Well, it can make you go a bit psycho. I, I, I think I'm listening to too many news channels. That's what I think is going on with me right there. Um, <laughs> the psychic ability. Mm -hmm. So it used to be we're talking about only two aspects. Now, and which even goes back to Freud and Jung, there was an aspect of psychic intuition, that thing. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so there is this esoteric relationship, right, to the ego the wholeness of this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what that means in the context of healing, because I, I don't know what it's been like for you to heal, but for me to heal, I really had to go on a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. I can't even describe what that means today in the show, but I had to go to a place that you can't physically maybe able to see the pathway or the gateway, but, mm -hmm. but somehow, I knew I had to go there. I think actually my mentor and my coach at the time said, you got to go there. Yeah. But, but, but tell us about this and bringing this to the healing relationship now. So that's, that's that journey about going into the shadow side. And the shadow side is it's the backside. It's the part we don't want to see. We don't want to acknowledge. It's actually the part of ourselves that the ego keeps us safe from in a lot of cases right? It, the ego shows us what's here and what's right in front of us and gives us the opportunity to work with what's present. What's behind us, what's in that shadow work, that spiritual deep dive that we all have to do at some point in our lives or lifetimes, perhaps, it's that wake up call moment where you realize that there's something more going on than what you have been acknowledging. And some of that is your own story. Wouldn't it be a better experience at a spiritual level to bring the ego with you into that shadow work where it sprung from in the first place, from those experiences that we, we want to keep away from everybody. We don't want them to see these things we've done or these things that have happened to us. Boy, it, I know that's a yes. So that's if we were, mouthful. if we were to bring the ego with us into that work, now we have an ally. Now we have a part of ourselves that knows intimately that shadow work because its whole job has been to keep us safe from that from taking that risk and that's that goes back to that conversation i was talking about where i say to my ego jane okay jane you and i holding hands let's walk that spiritual path into that old wounding into that shadow work so that we can lift ourselves up together into that divine light and as you were talking I, I kept seeing that image that Plato paints so beautifully when he talks about the cave and how the people in the cave are looking at their shadows on the wall and that's what they believe to be their real self and all they actually have to do is turn around to face the mouth of the cave and there is the light and they can step up and walk out if they only acknowledge that that's where the shadow came from in the first place mm. the shadow comes from the light so when I say the divinity comes from the ego, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That instead of making the ego, instead of demonizing the ego, what if we stood up, turned around and faced that light and said, okay, 
<laughs> because honestly, the spiritual journey is as much about going into the shadow side as it is about turning the light on ourselves yeah. and seeing our own brilliance yeah. and being okay with that brilliance, being healthy in that brilliance so that it isn't about power over anybody. It's simply about saying, this is who I am in my brilliance. I'm a star and using that energy to benefit the people around us because we're in a good space with that relationship. I want to ask you uh, about three things. One, healing our relationship with our ego. I mentioned before that when I look at the body of the work that you said yes to and understanding who you are in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, as we look at this, you know, you, how you show up, I, me, how I show up, there is a part of our journey that also represents our own wounding and healing, wounding and healing. But there's another part of this where the ego will guide us to say, yeah, that's great, Megan, that you've gone on that journey, but you know what? You're not done yet. Mm. You really have to help others in this arena, right? This is really me tapping you on the shoulder. And then if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to hit you with the two by four. If you don't do this, right? Mm. Um, let's talk about that bridge that, that gets built because you work with women certify people in all of the great things you're doing and when we're doing that or when we're reaching people we are making a connection with them mm -hmm. to then go and explore who are you in the context of what you just heard in this show let's talk about for you you know what your work has done and what you are envisioning to help people on an ongoing basis with this aspect of true spiritual growth. So here's a here's a question that pops into my mind as you say that. I would be so curious to be able to read everybody's minds, which I don't do. Um, if I if I say when I say the vision that I have is of stepping onto a larger stage, a bigger platform, where I can share a message that I believe wholeheartedly in around self-empowerment, around ego, around healing. Would there be people who are listening and watching today who would go, oh, she's so egotistical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, and we were looking at these, at these quotes and, and how I, I was thinking as we were looking at some of these quotes we were talking about earlier. So those people that have a big vision of themselves on a larger stage, on a bigger platform, throughout time, throughout history, they've had to have a sense of themselves as being able to walk that walk, right? And they don't do it by themselves. Nobody ever achieves greatness all by themselves. And there's a certain point of humbleness along the way that I think is a healthy relationship with ego. But if there weren't people in our world who were willing to take that chance to show up in a bigger way, I don't think we would be evolving at all at this point, at any point. Yeah. So I feel like the evolution of that healing work of, of looking at those wounds and acknowledging them and then saying, okay, but that's not the totality of who I am. I am this and I am this and I am that and I am this thing and I'm this over here and creating that sense of wholeness within the concept of the divine and the ego is really where that healing happens and where we those of us that have a voice that we are able to use to bring a message of 
each person's own greatness and empowerment out to the world so that so that we can lift we can help lift people up they they have to choose it <laughs> they have to choose to be lifted up they have to choose to believe in themselves they have to choose to see themselves the way that we see them that's free will if there are if there are people who have that voice then they should step into that voice they should have a, a healthy ego that allows them the confidence to do that. But that doesn't mean they aren't going to have bad days. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, look at my hair. Right? <laughs> look, there are days when you walk out of the house because you're so focused and on purpose that you don't even think, whoa. Did you even comb that thing up there? <laughs> and, you know, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. And Linda, I love, gotta love Linda. It's like, you didn't foof your hair. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm just gonna put a big old fat headset on. I'm not gonna have to worry about it. But, you know, part of this is really understanding not only about what the ego is, but also acknowledging and embracing and never giving up the love and respect that we were meant to have for ourselves in the process, right? Absolutely. That's and the key to today. That's right. And how can you be in right relationship with somebody else if you aren't in right relationship with yourself? How do you love somebody else if you don't love yourself? How can anybody love you if you don't know what that feels like for yourself? That's ultimately what we're talking about here is allowing the ego to be that part of ourself that works with us so that we can stand in our own sense of self to be loving towards ourselves so that we can invite others to be loving towards us and so that we can be in healthy strong relationships with all the people around us wow megan thank you for today what a great show more to come on this conversation because let the healing begin mm -hmm. um, can you please can you please give it, uh, everybody an idea how they can sign up for the class all of the above and what's your personal message what do you want to leave us with so first quickly jump over to meganedge.ca go to classes and you'll find mastering manifesting click on that you'll get to the landing page all the information's there including a little bit of my own personal story about some of the struggles that brought me into this knowing and this learning the final message for today is this you are not separate aspects of yourself you are a whole being so bring everything that you are into the center of yourself so that you can stand in that I am and you get to fill in the rest. You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.